Greetings, ladies and metalgents, and welcome to this latest rendition of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. Now, on to the science fiction. Word prompt. A burly warrior climbs the highest tiers of wizard society using his unique spell, Fist, written by Ak-1308. Nobody ever thought a human would be able to master the arts of magic. Unlike we elves, humans are the least magical beings in creation, where even the stolid dwarves can enchant their blades to hardness and sharpness of diamond and imbue their armors with the durability of an ancient crag. Humans must suffer with what they are born. But they have a secret form of magic, the likes of which I have never seen before. When the events of this tale took place, I was still a youngster, barely eighty years of age. For the past twenty years, I had been preparing to learn the arts of the arcane. Tomb after tomb I studied, impressing upon my mind the pathways that must be traced by each and every spell that I will ever learn. Yes, I understand that taking a mere twenty years in pre-spell learning is rushing matters to an almost indecent degree. But at the time, I was considered by my peers to be something of a prodigy. Until they encountered the human. Of course, all of that twenty years and the fifty years before, after I learned to walk and talk, was not taken up solely by the study of magical theory. I had to learn the multiple shadings and connotations of every word of Alban tongue and other languages, so that when I spoke to lesser mortals, my each and every pronouncement would be poetic genius to them. There was the art of the Alban walk, so that my feet would appear to be skimming over whatever surface I trod, rather than planting doubt solidly. And, of course, I had to be drilled in every aspect of deportment and fashion, for how else were we to maintain our appearance of being otherworldly beings if we did not put intense effort into it? Upon my first day in actual practical magic, I arrived in good time, casting a critical eye over my fellow students. I judged their first day in practical magic outfits dispassionately, at the same time, their eyes dissected each and every element of my own carefully chosen ensemble. The grudging nods I received in return, however slight, were adequate reward for three and a half weeks of effort that had gone into it. And then, the final student joined the group. In the same manner that a boulder thrown into a tranquil lake joins the fish within. When I first heard the heavy footsteps, I cocked my head slightly, wondering who had accidentally allowed their steed to wander into the learning halls. Then, with an utmost aplomb, I turned to see a human clumping towards us. I admit, dear reader, that upon that moment I very nearly lost control so far as to allow my jaw to drop. But I did not. With iron control, I observed the approaching lummox ready to leap nimbly and aesthetically out of the way if he should lose control of his limbs and careen into us. But this did not happen. Exceeding all of our expectations, he lumbered to a complete stop without tripping over his own feet or damaging the floor with his boots. Hi, he managed, taking an eloquent word of greeting first noted down over a thousand generations previously, 
and mangling it beyond all repair. I'm John, blacksmith's son. This is magic class. Some of us physically winced at the grating tones, the utter lack of poetry and rhythm in his voice. As he stood there, his arms swung back and forth slightly, and I entertained the alarming notion that he might neglect to maintain his balance, and toppled into us like a felled tree. But still, as elves, we are obliged to be courteous to all beings less fortunate than us. That is, those unfortunate enough to be not born elves. And so I was mentally preparing a suitable greeting that would also subtly, yet poetically, reassure him that he was in the right place. If indeed he was in the right place. After all, humans are utterly unable to hear the strains of music emanating from the northern and southern aurora and no amount of study has yet allowed a human to impress magical pathways upon the mind. The notion that this genre, how strange it must have been to all know by a single name, and your relationship to a single person, much less have a single name not sing of your ancestors' accomplishments a thousand years ago, would be capable of mastering even the simplest of test cantrips, was uh, baffling. However, I was not going to mention this, with the speech composed, I was opening my mouth to convey my polite acceptance of his presence when another member of our group spoke up. Kalaral Jewshine was, of course, a scion of the High Tree Jewshines, a family which has always believed that their elf step was lighter than everyone else's elf step. If you perceive my meaning, as such, Kalaral's pronouncements had always been a little bit sharper than perhaps absolutely necessary. He had even, on occasion, been known to abandon poetic beauty for a more thoroughly cutting insult. Still poetic, still elegant, but cutting all the same. On this occasion, he let out a trilling laugh, then spoke four words. It is a credit to his tutors that the balance and rhythm of his speech was perfect, as it should be for any elf of his age, a few years short of his first century. By my understanding... But the message it conveyed was unambiguous as many words that I have ever heard an elf utter. Test dummy, are you? Slowly, John, the son of the blacksmith, turned to face him. Unlike Alvin eyes, which can shine, sparkle, gleam, or dance wickedly, we are given extensive training in all of this. His dull, rounded eye showed no emotion whatsoever. Next to Kalaral's silken splendor, his homespun trousers, leather surcoat, were so drab by comparison that any elf would have entered voluntary lifetime exile in preference to being seen wearing such garments. And then, he did a thing. I was watching, and I did not see. There was a flash of motion and a sound like an axe biting into wood. When I blinked again, John's arm was straight out. The blunt, powerful fingers of his broad, hairy hand folded into an odd configuration. And lying upon his back, as thoroughly unconscious as any lesser race afflicted by a somnolent spell, lay Calarel himself. John lowered his arm to his side and looked up at the rest of us. Nope. Not one of us paid attention to the brutally abbreviated word. In any other situation, we would have silently remarked on how, when an elf wishes to express a negative situation, the explanation needs to take at least 30 seconds. But we weren't interested in that. Like the rest of our group, I was fascinated by how John had used physical violence to settle his problem. Certainly, I knew of weapons. I'd been trained in the art of the bow for 50 years, 
learning not only how to shoot, but to look stylish while I did so. Likewise, my proficiency with a rapier and dagger allowed me to weave charming patterns of light in the air while studying my opponents. But never had I actually seen someone attack another without a weapon in hand, much less render them senseless in a single blow. It was clear to me that there was a specific type of magic, perhaps even peculiar to the humans. My pardon, John the son of the blacksmith, I said as courteously as I could manage. I have no wish to intrude upon you or seem in the least but rude, but uh, what was that you used to render the importunate Calaral Dewshine incessant? He turned to me then, his brow furrowed as he frowned mightily, perhaps attempting to decipher my meaning. Then he raised his hand, clenched it once more into a craggy, lumpy, yet powerful configuration. What? My fist? Fist? I thought to myself, what a simple, expedient name for such a powerful and unexpected spell. How he had utilized it so swiftly still baffled me. There had been no gestures or power words with which to prepare it. Where an elf may slip into subtle vocalizations or even a carefully timed semantic gesture into an overly elaborate speech, the human had attempted none of that. In fact, the only words he had spoken were to introduce himself. And yet, there Calarol lay, only now beginning to stir and open his eyes. I resolved to keep my very close eye upon John, the son of the blacksmith. I had arrived at the classroom with my head aswim with the theory and calculations for the use of magic, painfully applied over the past two decades, whereas he, barely twenty himself, had arrived in his rough surcoat and hand-woven trousers and ear-grating accent, with a spell that would fell any one of us ready to hand. Already he was far beyond us. I put out my hand, offering it in the way humans do. I am very pleased to meet you. My name is Parison. I believe that we will be great friends. First, I thought again, I had no doubt with such a potent spell in his repertoire, John the son of the blacksmith would rise far in this magical fraternity. And I intended to rise right alongside him. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.